Hello and welcome to Hoop7's Basketball Hustle for another week and we're getting towards the business end of the NBL season. We saw some dramatic finishes in round 15 of the NBL. We saw some big results, good and bad, for a lot of the teams fighting for finals positions. And now we prepare for round 16. The Perth Wildcats on the back of Vic Law and Bryce Cotton catching fire return home. There's some troubles at the Cairns Taipans and the Adelaide 36s we'll get to. Interesting times as well for the Illawarra Hawks and the South East Melbourne Phoenix who are fighting for those finals spots. We'll catch up with the master coach, Rob Beveridge, as well. So plenty for us to get through. I'm Chris Pike, but the man you've all tuned in to hear from, the former Illawarra Hawks and Sydney Kings power forward, the Warwick Senators captain in NBL1, Cody Ellis. Are you holding up okay this week? You were in quarantine last week and things might have not quite gone to plan since. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yep. Mhm. Yes. <laughs> Let's hope so. Um, unlucky, wasn't it? Just on the same day that you got out of, out of seven days of quarantine, you, you came down, started to feel unwell and tested positive. Wasn't wasn't quite the, the celebration of getting out of isolation you were hoping for? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, it is, but, you know, if you miss two weeks of training at this point of the year, it's probably not, not the worst thing, is it? So you can probably deal with that and, and get back into action soon. Um, as we talked about, there's a lot to get to in this week's show in terms of what's happening on the basketball court. We'll catch up with Bebo as well and have a chat to him about a lot of, a lot of things, about how his Boomer's experience was and, you know, he's got to Perth now and how he's settling in with his new job at the Rockingham Flames and also he's about to head back for his what he calls his last coaching stint over in the New Zealand NBL. So we'll, we'll talk to him about all of that shortly. But a horrible note to start with, to be honest, Cody. Um, and you never like to use tragedy in a sporting sense, but this is a tragedy in a, in a life sense because a, a teammate of yours, a, a championship teammate, I think, in the West, uh, the West Coast Classic season, uh, Aaliyah Riak has passed away this week. Um, it was a tragedy that happened. It was a horrible incident that happened to him in Melbourne. There's no words to describe it. Um, I'm not quite sure what to say about it, but except to get get your reaction, how 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 horrified were you to find out? Mm. Yeah.
yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. No, you've done well, Cody, and thanks for sharing those words. And it's it's much more than a basketball story because it, this is somebody's life that we're talking about that's lost. But in a basketball sense, I don't think it's unrealistic to think that he had an NBL potential future. I mean, we saw him play some outstanding basketball, especially in that championship season that you talked about where, as a big guy, he had... Great handles, he could carry the ball, he could shoot the outside ball and had some great moves inside and had really good size. Um, he was going to be playing up in Darwin for their new NBL1 team this year. And, he, and as you said, he'd only just turned 23. I think, yeah, I mean, from a basketball sense, he, the, the sky was almost the limit for him. It's, it's terrible and it's, it's, it's a hard way to start the show but there's also probably no other way we could have started started, th- started this show unfortunately and yeah like you said like you said so well our thoughts go out to all of his, his family and there's nothing really we can say that makes this any better for them unfortunately um, but um, let's try to get on to some basketball Cody and probably the biggest thing to take out of this past weekend was the emergence or re-emergence of Vic, Vic Law as a match winner for the Perth Wildcats and his partnership with Bryce Cotton, it's, it's pretty special right now. And, and Vic had to stand up and play, play big because there was no Matty Hodgson there against some big teams over their three games over that five-day stretch. And they ended up winning all three of them. We saw what Bryce Cotton did to, to be Bryce Cotton to win that game against the Breakers, but they don't win those three games that they did without the dominance of Vic Law as a scorer and a, as a rebounder and as a physical presence. It was it was pretty impressive for them to finish their their stretch of fourteen road games the, the way that they did. Yep, sure. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's massive. And especially in that first game last Thursday against Melbourne United that they won 97 to 87, that was potentially their, their huge Achilles heel without Hodgson where... Luala, Chul and Huck Porty were going to dominate them, but Vic ends up pulling down 18 rebounds in that game. And and I know Mitch Norton had a huge game as well, a career-high 26 points, but without those 18 rebounds from Vic Law, they don't win that game. Absolutely it is. And you touched on it before. It's his mid-range game. How happy or how relieved were you when they were down by two, they needed a score against the Breakers to send the game to overtime, that they went for a two. They didn't They didn't try to get, get that three. Absolutely. Went for, went for a two. <laughs> yep. Well, they had Bryce Cotton. That's why he's he he's done a lot of those in overtime now in his in his NBL career. We kind of expected, but it's it's still remarkable. He got fouled on the shot as well. He he missed the four point play, but it didn't matter. I mean, I mean, can you sum up that that shot at the end that that broke the hearts of the breakers? Yep. 
<laughs> he he goes further. I think Homicide thinks he's actually the best player the NBL's ever seen, which which he's got some stiff competition for. Which maybe Homicide doesn't understand the history quite as well as some some others. But but he's putting forward a hell of a case at the same time. Is 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 Bryce? I mean, before we move on from the Wildcats, the fact that they won those three games in the space of five days on the road, they now get to come home to the nine home games. They went eight of five on the road, so they return home thirteen and six. Um, that's probably better than they could have ever hoped for if the, if you told them, you know, three months ago they were going to be playing 14 straight road games. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. It's still, we're still going to get about 7,000 there, so most other, most other other cities would die for that sort of a crowd. <laughs> yep, yep. Yep, it does look like it. Okay, we'll get to the rest of the, the round now as well, Cody. So let's run through the results and then we'll dive a bit deeper. As we said, started Thursday night, the Wildcats beating United 97 to 87. Then Friday night, gee, the, the Kansas Taipans stunk it up big time in this one. The scoreboard doesn't quite reflect it, but the Tasmania Jack Jumpers 85 over the Taipans 69. The Wildcats again over the Brisbane Bullets 95 to 83. Another game that probably isn't one that we will reflect on too fondly, but the New Zealand Breakers got a Got a drought-breaking win. Beat the Adelaide 36ers, 84 to 75. The Jack Jumpers kept winning as well, 81 to 77 over the Illawarra Hawks. And then Melbourne United, a remarkable comeback. They were they were down by nine with four minutes to go, and they outscored the Phoenix 22 to four the rest of the way to win, 98 to 90. The Sydney Kings then too good for the Taipans, 96 to 77, even without Xavier Cooks. And then finally, as we talked about Monday night, the overtime game, the Wildcats beat the Breakers 104 to 102. Um, why don't we start with the Jack Jumpers, Cody? Last week we talked about how it's a race in five for that top for the top four spots. Have they put themselves in the mix? Is it a battle in six teams now? Hmm. Yep. Eleven seven. Yeah. Absolutely. They did a lot right. One thing that wasn't very pretty, though, was when 
the Hawks went for the, the full press break at the end of the game to, to try to pressure them, and it ended up being Bakayle McIntosh bringing the ball up the floor. Those were probably the two worst attempts to break the press I've ever seen. Have you, have you, have you seen a worse effort than that? <laughs> oh. And then try to pretend he's shooting at the same time, and then wonder why, the, wonder where the foul was. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And they broke it, broke it the next play, and then end up with two two players free down the other end. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially when he had an open, when he had two open men to pass to either side of him. <laughs> yep, it is. <laughs> yes, it, and and you're right though. They're lucky it didn't hurt them. Um what did hurt, though, was for the Phoenix. As I said before, they were in a in an almost unlosable position with four minutes to go against Melbourne United, but they managed to lose. Um, now, losing Mitch Creek late in the game for his second tech foul when he stepped over the over the line didn't help. Um, it's the second time we've seen that now in the last couple of weeks. We saw Jalen Adams do it as well, but obviously it hurt Mitch doubly because he had already received that unsportsmanlike foul earlier. Um, what did you What did you think of that incident, and what did you think of United overrunning the Phoenix as well. Mm. Yep. Mm. Oh, yeah. No, no. It's it's too big of a punishment, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. 
Well, let's let's be honest. How is it the same punishment for stepping your toe on the line as it is for doing something something physical against a, a player to to stop him? I mean, how how is it the same punishment? Mm. Well, it almost cost the Kings against the Wildcats as well when Jalen Adams did it. I mean, I mean, the Wildcats didn't make them pay, but they could have. That could have cost them the game. Yeah. Speaking of being smarter, um, the teams that have a dominant post presence or a potentially dominant post presence, do they need to find a way to use them? The, to me, the Taipans are the best example. And Adam Ford knows this. Adam Ford's fully aware of it. Adam Ford's telling his team to use Stephen Zimmerman down in the block. For whatever reason, they're just not doing it. So their game on Friday night where they were terrible against the Jack Jumpers, the, the end margin of 16 points doesn't tell the story of how badly they were they were beaten. But... Their only positive from the game was was Zimmerman. So his numbers look okay, 19 points, 8 rebounds. But he only got 13 shots for the game and, and there was big, big stretches where he just didn't see the ball at all. And after the game, Forty made it clear um, that he didn't understand why he didn't take 30 shots for the game given the dominance he could have against a Tasmania team that, as we talked on before, basically their centre is McIntosh or Chris Levick right now who, at best, are 6-7. I mean... Duop Reith is another example of the Hawks. He's a great post player, great player in the block. No one can guard him if he gets the ball down there with one-on-one coverage. The Hawks don't go to him a hell of a lot either. Um, why do the teams not do it, and should they be doing it, doing it more? Hmm. On Sunday, um, yeah. So Sunday, Sunday against the Kings, he took seven shots. It was even worse.
And they didn't have Cooks. And they, when they played last week, it was Cooks that was actually guarding Zimmerman as well, and Cooks wasn't there. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It does. Oh, he's, 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 he's got moves that they couldn't stop in the NBA. Even Jessup. Yeah. I agree. And to be honest, if they don't start doing that more, I think they miss the playoffs. Yeah. Another thing that I can't quite understand, Cody, um, we had two games up in Cairns on, on the weekend and we still didn't have Alex Loudon with a microphone in, in, his, in his hands. It was perfect, perfect for him. He would have loved the chance. He would have loved to chat with Nate Jarwai for his 200th game on Sunday. Um, it was made for Big Laos to, to take over. Um, where is he? Why is he still not there? <laughs> Doesn't look like it. But what we can do, Cody, is 
Spectre Lows ourselves, and next week he's on our schedule, so it'll be good to catch up with him. <laughs> Um, okay, Cody, let's take a different tack. Let's get to our awards for round 15 in the NBL before we get to, to Rob Beveridge on, on the show this week. And our men have come through with, for us this week. They got in nice and early and they've given their votes. So it's not often we can say that about Damian Martin and, and Sean Redditch, but good on them for this week. So let's start with the demo, the best defensive player award, thanks to Everlast Beveridges. And... I will rat him out a little bit. He made a late change after after Monday night with the game that Yanni Wetzel had. So he's ended up going one vote Matt Kenyon from the Jack Jumpers, two votes for Yanni Wetzel after that. I think it was, what, 17 points, 18 rebounds for the Breakers against the Wildcats, and Shay Yilly for his game for Melbourne United, probably especially his performance against the Phoenix. You happy with those? There's one player that he's dumped from his votes for this week. Do, do you reckon you know who that would have been? A big, a big fell, a big. It was a big fella. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Have a think about late, late against the Phoenix. It, it was. He, he was. He was. He was in Damo's votes until Yanni Wetzel did what he did. Yep. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Well, we, we've talked before. They could genuinely have five candidates for the best defensive player, and that's not including Huck Porty. And now suddenly Huck Porty might even put himself in that in that mix. Yeah, he was, and I'm glad he's given Kenyon some recognition as well. I think he's the backbone of the defense down there at the Jack Jumpers and doing a lot of a lot of good things. Now for the Redditch Basketball Player of the Year, thanks to the the scoring machine, he had a he had a tough job this week. To be fair, it was there was always going to be some unlucky players, but I think he's he's gone pretty well. I think he's gone one vote for Mitch Creek, two votes for Matthew Delavadova, three votes Jalen Adams, four votes Bryce Cotton. Five votes for Vic Law. There's, there's unlucky players, but those five are, are pretty deserving, I would have thought. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But he, but he keeps going. Yeah.
It's a tight leaderboard. So so Bryce is now on back in front on 28. Joe and Adams, 25. Mitch Creek, 21. Luala Chul, 18. Vic Law, 17. Um, is that pretty right? Do you think those are the, are the best best five players so far in the league? And and I guess throwing it forward, would that be your all-first team five right now or would, would Xavier Cook sneak in? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Speaking of that, the Galen Award for the best team man in the NBL is never an easy choice. My list probably isn't as extensive this week as it is sometimes, so I'm happy for you to nominate somebody else if I've missed somebody. But there was four guys that stood out to me because they battled battled so hard inside against the odds for their team. So Majuk Majuk did that for the Perth Wildcats in all three games without Matt Hodgson there. His numbers don't jump out at you, but the work that he did, he played more minutes than he has all season in across the board in the, on average in those three games and his points and rebounds were up as a result and and just his physical presence of being there with a big body was massive. The Sydney Kings needed somebody to stand up with Xavier Cooks not there and I thought given he's only played one game in the last three months I thought McCoom Maker did a massive job. Um, you know, ten rebounds he ended up in that game and he was a big reason why the Taipans couldn't take advantage of 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 Sydney inside as well. So might surprise you to see him on that list, but I think he, he earned his spot. Ariel Huckporty, for all the reasons we talked about just before for what he's doing now for Melbourne, and they've got two genuine superstar five-men right now with the way he's playing. And then another, perhaps, surprise. Without Will Magne, the jack jumpers are very small, and the guys that are playing that five spot have to have to make themselves bigger, and they have to be standing tall, make an impact, and, and Fab Krislovich is doing that. And he did that in both those two big wins against the Taipans and the Hawks. So that's the four I wanted to nominate, Cody. Is there anyone else that you wanted to put in the mix? Yep. I hope he's one of those four, is he? Excellent. Excellent. Yes. 
<laughs> yep. I think you're right. I, from memory, you had eight points in the first five minutes and eight points for the rest of the game. Very good. Very happy with that. It's great to see a young guy like that choose to come to play in the NBL when he, let's be fair, he could have gone to play this year anywhere he wanted to in the world because he's just that highly sought after. He'll be in, in the NBA this time next year. And the fact that he thought coming to play in the NBL, coming to play for Dean Vickerman would be his best option to get to that NBA future is a great credit. And I think, I think he's a much different physical specimen and a much different player right now than he was even back in December, I think this has been a great move for his his future as well. Yeah, we will. Thanks for all of that, Cody. Let's take a deep breath here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Before we move on, Cody, just a, a little bit of a change on the fly here on this week's show. Apologies to anybody who was really looking forward to us catching up with Bevo for this week, but 
as you can appreciate, we've got, we've had a lot of ground to cover on this week's show, and we're already running over time. And Bevo's got a hectic schedule. He's back in Perth for the week, and we're not going to be able to make it work for this week. But I hope you still enjoy the rest of this show. We've got a lot of ground to still cover, and what we'll do next week, we'll have a double double guest appearance. We'll catch up with Bevo, and we'll also, as scheduled, catch up with Laos. So, Cody, let's keep moving with the show. Okay, back here on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle. Let's turn the corner a little bit, Cody. We've gone through a lot of what we saw in round 15, but a couple of things I do want to touch on. Now, I know that Taipan's put in a bit of a better performance against the Kings on, on Sunday, but there's still a lot of problems, I think, in that group. And after their loss to the Jack Jumpers on, on Friday, that was one of the toughest post-match press conferences I've had to, had to sit through. Um, Adam Ford looked like a completely broken man, to be honest. Um, Jordan Artai was sitting next to him, and he he was representing the player group. And if that, he was a representation of how the players were feeling, they were broken as well. Um, I don't know if you've got a chance to see it, but basically, Forty was embarrassed on behalf of the club because of everything they did on that night. They were celebrating Indigenous Round, they were celebrating a lot of things in the Cairns community, and they put in a a pretty p- poor performance. And the the chemistry within the playing group wasn't great. There was a lot of infighting there, a lot of complaining. You don't want to put it all on one person, but I kind of feel like Scott Machado is the one that needs to be, be more of a positive influence right now than he probably is. I mean, what what do you make of what's happening with the Taipans at the moment? That wasn't working either. No. What about what do you make of his demeanor right now? He looks to be complaining a hell of a lot, whether it's to his teammates or to the officials. I mean, do you want him to be a bit more positive in the way he's approaching everything? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, they do. But I couldn't help thinking in that game on Friday against the Jack Jumpers, the Taipans probably had more talent than the Jack Jumpers did. The Jack Jumpers, yeah, yep, yeah. What do you think of this as well? I felt for Jordan Artai because, as I said, he spoke after the game. Um, he spoke pretty well about trying to explain how the playing group was feeling and and what the attitude was. Even even the first question when Forty was asked what the what did he make of the demeanour and attitude of the playing group, Forty deflected that straight to Jordan, where Jordan had to give that that first answer. Um, I thought he handled it well, but then he didn't play at all on Sunday. What's your what do you how does how does that sort of make sense? No. Hmm. It does. Um, I'm not sure things are too much better in, in Adelaide right now <laughs> with the 36ers either. Um, fascinating situation where it turned out Casper Ware was the player that they had decided they wanted. They'd pretty much come to terms with, with Casper to bring him in for the rest of the season. But it just didn't work out in terms of time-wise where they wanted him here for the last 12 games of the season. That meant, as we talked about last week, he had to be here last week for that game that they played on Saturday against the Breakers. He wasn't going to be able to get here in time for that. And also, they didn't want to pay his Russian club money for, for a buyout for a number of reasons, which we can all understand. But even if it wasn't a Russian club, I don't think they were in a position where they did want to pay for a buyout for Casper. Um, so it didn't end up happening. Fascinating situation, but I think it's... Because he wasn't going to be signing for next season either, if, it, if he did come, it was literally going to be for that last 12 games, and... There was nothing guaranteed for next season. I don't think it's actually the worst thing. I think this playing group needs to work things out amongst themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just going to figure it out. Hang on, we've got to figure out the 
Mitch McCarran is a hell, is a hell of a strong character. He's the captain of that team. He knows that he's probably not playing how he hoped he would. And he knows his team isn't playing as well. He again, he spoke after that game, and he he was shattered, and he he felt terrible that his team couldn't get that win in front of their their 20, 20, 20th anniversary championship team that they were celebrating. He felt so bad about it, and he wanted to pay back to to Adelaide so badly that he was cleaning up the rubbish in the grandstands after the game. Unbelievable. Yeah. Just shows how much he cares above everything else, doesn't it? Yep. Absolutely. Okay, Cody, before we get to our round 16 preview in the NBL, um, it's, been a, it's been a heavy show in a, in a lot of ways, and I wanted to take this chance for anyone that might be listening on Spot FM right now to pay our respects to... The station's founder, Colin Minson, who passed away this week after a battle with leukaemia. And what a what a life he led. My condolences go out to his wife, Irene, and family and friends. Um, he, he lived his life to the fullest. He made an amazing contribution in the West Australian community to WA Sport and to, to cricket and, and waffle in particular, but also his support here at Basketball with the station and to allow our show onto onto his radio station every Wednesday night is is something that, that is enormous. And he's, he's had an, he had an enormous impact on me as well. Um, just the fact that he would, would back somebody in like me who I guess has never been the most confident sort of public speaker and didn't ever think he would find himself talking on radio, but... But Mino was always enormously supportive of me, and this goes back 15 years now since he first allowed me onto his onto his radio station, and and I did a, a, a Waffle World show with with Shane Hope, which he was a huge supporter of, and then we also brought the NBL Zone, where I used to drag Jesse Wagstaff down to the station every every week, and we did a show, and and just the fact that he he supported me and supported so many people to give them that opportunity is enormous, and and now all these years later, for him to still allow. This show here, Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle, onto his show is is enormous. But if if we go back, you know, to the start of Sport FM, and he started it because he wanted to give the sports that he didn't feel like were giving were given any respect in any other area of the media. He wanted to give them a platform to get the recognition they deserved, and he just wanted to give those sports the attention that they deserved, and that included basketball, that included SBL. Going way back, it includes the NBL here as well that we're talking about. But if he didn't do it, he felt like nobody ever would give those sports the recognition that they deserved. And and it certainly wasn't a money-making exercise for him. I'm, I'm sure that he lost a lot of money over the years just to keep Sport FM up and running and to give 
shows like this an opportunity to to get onto the air. So his contribution is unbelievable. But personal level, his impact on me was massive because he supported me in ways that nobody else ever has, gave me opportunities. And more than anything, he was always so happy to see me anytime he saw me. I would always just walk that little bit extra, extra taller or feel that little bit extra bigger just by having him greet me and be so happy to see me and so happy to talk to me and the fact that he thought so much of some of the work that I did as well to have someone like him back me in like he did was was huge um he leaves a huge hole in so many areas and it's an honor to still be here involved in on his radio station at Sport FM and He'll be missed, especially around the Wacker. What he did for WA cricket and cricket in general around the country is is unparalleled. So it's an enormous loss loss to everybody. Um, my condolences again to his family, um, all of his Sport FM family as well as his wife Irene and, and his his family. Colin Minson lived a hell of a life, and he'll be remembered fondly by a lot of people. Okay, Cody, um, <laughs> it's it's been a been an emotional show. It's been a been a a show where we've had to cover lots of different different ground. Let's get to round 16 in the NBL now. It starts on Thursday night, and this is a massive way to start the round. It's a huge game for both of these teams because, to be honest, I can't see both of them making the playoffs. I think there's only spot a spot for one of them, and, and, and as we talked about earlier, given the Jack Jumpers are playing so well, there might not be a spot for either of them. So this is a massive game in Wollongong, the Illawarra Hawks and the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. It's going to be fascinating in so many ways. So will Friday night for probably the completely opposite reasons. The two teams we just talked about, the Adelaide 36ers are hosting the Cairns Taipans. Hmm. Um, no Todd Withers, but I still think they've got a lot of talent in that in that group that is still going going unrealised. These two games on Saturday are huge as well in terms of that race for for third and fourth spot. Um, first up, down in I think it's in Launceston this one. So I've got the Jack Jumpers hosting the Hawks. They do, yeah. And if that's not good enough, your Saturday night continues with 
another another two teams in that playoff mix. The Phoenix are at home to the Sydney Kings. I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything, which prob- probably means it's unlikely, I think. Mm. Yep. That's a, that's a great call. There's no matchup there because Martin can't go to Creek because he has to either go to Ashley or Joe Chi, so... Yeah, I, I think it's a, a great call. Um, Sunday, let's hope this doesn't get as ugly as it potentially looks on paper. Melbourne United are first up at home to the 36ers. hard to see anything else but um this one's a tricky one so the brisbane bullets at home to to the taipans who would still be on the road after that game on friday in adelaide Let's hope so. Last game of the round. First time, I think, it's since December 19. We're going to be having an NBL game back at RAC Arena. And it's the Wildcats and the Breakers. And what they did five day, six days earlier, this could be some sort of a show to, to welcome, welcome back for the Red Army as well. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. No question. Mm. Well, it's amazing, isn't it? We go from playing in front of zero people... All of a sudden, 7,000 crazy Red Army fans who haven't seen their team in four months. Mm. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know what I'm also hoping for? 
I want Hugo Besson to hit a three and tell the Red Army to be quiet. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh. mm -hmm. Yep, you, yep, you would think so. Um, you probably won't be able to go, Cody. You might not be out of isolation yet, even if you have tested negative. Mm -hmm. That's right. Nah, you, you, prob you probably had better plans anyway. You might need to get back to training. Two weeks out of training. Two weeks out of training, you might be struggling for round one, Cody. I think I saw, we're, fittingly, we're 24 days away from round one. Is that is that right? So we look forward to that, Cody. We look forward to seeing you back in a Warwick Senators jersey for the NBL One West competition. But before that, we've got to get through the rest of this NBL, NBL season. And this weekend will be fascinating. We look forward to seeing what happens. And I'm, I'm glad we got through this show, Cody. There was a lot to, to digest. Our thoughts and our hearts are with... The, the uh, Ali Riak and his family. I mean, above everything else that we can talk about basketball-wise, that's that's where our, our thoughts are right right now. But we have to get on with, with our job here, and there's a lot to look forward to in the basketball world. So I hope you've enjoyed our, our breakdown of what's happening in the NBL. I hope you look forward to what you see now in round 16. I'll wrap it up. I'm Chris Pike. But Cody Ellis, thank you for your thoughts on this week's show. And maybe just leave us with what you're looking forward to most out of this weekend.